Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, the overcast weather, meaning that uh, we're not quite as warm in the booth as we have been over the last couple of days. And and I say that as a good thing because we were uh, fairly melting here yesterday. The good news is that uh, our two... Uh, BDO pit lane reporters for the Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, have brought some more temperate weather with them. And let's check in with them on the pit lane to say good morning and welcome into race week. Nick Damon, first of all. Hello, Nick. Uh, hello, John. Hello, everybody. How are we, everybody that around the track and out there in listener land. Yes, unfortunately, we appear to have bought the humidity as well, though I'm sure it's actually uh, a Florida staple. Yep, yeah, it's quite muggy. Um, it's very pleasant, though, actually, when you're not moving around too much and not wearing a race suit, which none of us are doing for this uh, final practice permission and pilot challenge. And um, to my left, as I'm at the pit inside, I see a huge row of cars. And to my right, I see a couple of the Hyundai TCRs uh, and uh, behind them uh, a couple of Porsches and another Hyundai behind that so uh, it seems like I'm down TCR end the other end pit out is my very good friend Mr Joseph Bradley ah, good morning everybody yay it's race day it's race day for Mitchell Pilot Challenge and the, I would say the vast majority of these teams wanting to get on with it there's already a huge line of cars in the exit lane on this pit lane just wanting to get on with this half hour session just to kind of find out whether those last minute decisions on set up and tyre pressures are actually going to work this afternoon when we get into our four-hour race. Who knows? This next half hour will tell. And in the booth is Jeremy Shaw and Peter Mackay. Good morning, P-Mac. How are you? Good morning, John. I am just wonderful after an excellent breakfast in catering. I had uh, some pancakes with maple syrup, a <laughs> cream cheese bagel, uh, a banana. In fact, no, I've not eaten my banana yet, but I will. Um, and a nice cup of coffee, so I'm raring to go. Any chocolate cake? Oh, yesterday's chocolate cake. Honestly, the catering team's chocolate cake last night was up there with my granny's chocolate cake. Really? It's that good. Is it that good? It's that good. That's the ladies and gentlemen at Apex at Jeffers. Thank you very much indeed for looking after us. As ever, always a smiling face on the front desk and hearty grub coming out from uh, behind where all the action goes on. Good morning, Jeremy. Cup of tea for you this morning and a slice of toast, was it? Indeed. I know you so Indeed. well. <laughs> Indeed. I had a bit of scrambled eggs. So had a bit of fruit. Eggs have been brilliant this week, I thought, yes, actually. actually yes. The frittata this morning was lovely. Mm. And what are we expecting today then? And particularly in this session, one or two we problems yesterday but this effectively Jeremy is morning warm-up for these cars yeah that's exactly right and uh, yeah they've not had a lot of, of, of test time this week well they've had a couple I guess it's been a normal weekend haven't they? they've had two two practice sessions uh, prior to the qualifying session yesterday there were also most of the teams were here at the, the raw before the 24 last right? weekend however there's a handful of teams did not attend last weekend. Uh, conditions then were very, very different. It was freezing, really cold. I tell you, it was really nippy. So uh, much better conditions this week. Uh, one of the teams that was not, and, and unlike an IMSA WorldTech Sports Car Championship, 
if you're doing the Rolex 24, you have to be at the Raw. If you, in the Pilot Challenge, not the case. Your choice. If you want the extra track time, come to the Raw. But for one of the teams, the number 17 car of uh, Mikey Taylor and Chris Miller, that's a JDC Miller Motorsports Audi, they did not come to the Raw. They've had super success here in the past. They've finished first, second, and third the last uh, three years. They also could have won at least one more when they had some problems. Um, so uh, that, that car is always fast. They, they came in here feeling really, really good. Unfortunately, yesterday, uh, the first session on, what day was that? Wednesday was fine, and they, they, they were feeling good. Yesterday morning, however, the car wouldn't start. And they, they, they changed everything, did mm. as much as they could, couldn't get it going. Qualifying, same problem, still couldn't fix it. So that car will start at the back of the grid today, assuming they've got it out and running. Uh, and um, so t this morning for them, this is their, 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 their really important to make sure they know they they, they are where they think they are in terms of setup, uh, consistency on the tyres, uh, etc. So, number 17 car is certainly one that uh, takes this hour-long session uh, even even more critically, perhaps than than everybody else. I don't see them coming out onto uh, the track yet, Jeremy. That JDC really? car—it's a beautiful colour scheme they've got on that. You typical ye yellow of JDC in that generation 2 Audi TCR which is a really purposeful looking machine and it's got these sort of the, the wheels on it, they're almost kind of like those, I don't know how you would describe it they're kind of like the wheels you used round. to see on a Porsche 9 yeah they're round, yeah, definitely good. that's a good start that gets us off and running <laughs> um, and they're kind of like what you used to get on a 935 no. that sort of they're uh, with the fairing the, on them, no, they don't have the they don't have the the disc. But what kind of what was underneath the disc, if that oh. makes sense? We're really getting into niche uh, <laughs> niche references. Oh, the here, old, aren't we? It's the old sort of crossbow BBS type. Yes, uh, thank you, John. Rims. There you go. I know. <laughs> yes, what you mean. yes. I'm uh, a bit of a wheel aficionado. The other thing about those um, the the series two cars, the Gen two cars, uh, they've got much more um, developed aero on them with yeah. the. Um, the reverse one neck mountings actually for the rear wing and much bigger rear wheel arches and front wheel arches. Do you remember the, the Gen 1 ones? You'd always, the front ones, the front wheel arches, if they got a little bit of a bang, they looked a bit like an angry penguin. They were sort of flapping their, their wings around. And th that doesn't happen so much now. And the rear uh, set of arches looks something akin to, I think, an old Group 5 car. So you've mm -hmm. gone back to the old 935 again, mm -hmm. where you can almost see the silhouette of the car underneath the, the wheel extensions. The, the other thing that you can't see is inside that car. It used to be a right pain to make rear, in particular, rear anti-roll bar changes mm -hmm. uh, because on the road car, the, the booted uh, RS3, the roll bars came in and had to go around the suspension mountings. And what they've done on the race car for the second Evo, the Generation 2 car, is they've managed to move things around so that the roll bar is now dead straight, and it means that you can tweak them, or if you want to change the roll bar for a different thickness, it's literally pull a pin out from one end, you take one wheel off, um, or take the wheels off rather, and you can almost do it in pit stop time, oh, and wow. you just pull it straight out, and if you get a chance to look through the back window, you can see the rear roll right bar. Right across. Right wow. across. It's, it's a proper... Yeah. When people go... Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a road car with a cage. It no, definitely isn't. No, 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 no. 
and now again. When you look at the like the the, the driver cockpit with the the steering wheel, the dash behind it, it's it's like straight out of GT3 car. It's it's really advanced, um, and so much so that the TCR series in the UK they've actually created a a gen generation one cup because the generation two cars are such a step on that the generation ones can't really compete. Funny thing, we were just talking to James Kay about that mm-hmm. last weekend in Abu Dhabi because Creventing are doing exactly the same for the 24H series. Mm-hmm. We, I, I reckon that there are li- that there's literally hundreds of those cars sitting oh, around yeah. the world, the Gen yeah. 1 cars, mm-hmm. either only doing a few track days or doing nothing else. And uh, there's a real opportunity to get them back. Well, one of them we, we kind of talked about yesterday with Jack Sullivan, the, yeah. the Team USA scholarship driver from last year, and and his young friend who's just uh, and family just bought one of those uh, Gen 1 cars, and they're going to sort of learn about uh, about the car and about how they work, and and uh, you know, the youngster wants to run this team, and, and Jack will, will be one of the drivers. And, you know, there's, as you say, lots of cars around there. It can be you know, picked up for a, a pretty reasonable price, yeah. and it's a great uh, entry point because there's all sorts of things you can race it in, not just the Michelin Pilot Challenge, but there's, you know, it's club racing, even vintage racing. Uh, and all sorts of stuff, so it's it's good. Yeah. It must be one of the most cost-effective yeah. factory race cars yeah, you could yeah. buy. Factory um, race cars, that's a key y- word. Yeah, yeah there you uh, go. I don't think you can buy a factory race car any cheaper. Maybe a, a, a Rally 4 car, but that's a rally car, it's not a racing car. Um, Single manufacturer championship, yes, but this is, this is a global formula. Yeah. You know, you could take this car around the world, yeah. and there'll be all kinds of big races yeah. that have... You could race it every weekend, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, Probably. absolutely. Different, different, yeah, different parts of the globe. Yeah, absolutely right. TCR on tour. Yes. It's Austin Kranz who is fastest at the moment for the mm. number 28 RS1 Porsche, 157.725. Uh, grid already set, so these times really just as much to get yourselves dialed in. And let's go straight down to the pit lane, to Hyundai, and to the number 77, where Taylor Hagler is waiting to speak to Nick Tim. Taylor, I just saw you got out of the car, a quick lab. Is it, what, what, what is the plan for what is effectively, I'm not sure called that, but what is effectively warm-up? Yeah, I mean, our, our entire plan for right now was I was just scrubbing a set of rears for the race, and then Bryson got in to get some time in the car, maybe make a couple changes, and then go back. We're not planning on doing the whole session, though. Starting the season with one of the longest races, the four-hour race, how, how is the team and how are you as a pair approaching it? Yeah, uh, we're kind of just approaching it step-by-step. Step. Um, we did the roar, and I think we got a lot of track time there and made a lot of changes to the car, made a lot of strides and everything, and we've done some driver change practice, so got a new engineer with us this year. She was an intern for us. That's all been working really well, and I think me and Bryson are going to do well this year. Will, it, will the fact we've got a four-hour race, will that affect the way you decide to run the stints? Will you change the starting driver, or is it going to be a, much like one of the shorter races? That will be to be determined. Um, this race I'll be starting, so I think the current plan is just to split it in half, which I think is the way we've always done it. So that will be the plan for this race, but how the rest of the season goes, I'm not sure yet. There's an absolute phalanx of uh, Hyundai uh, TCR cars here. I mean, how much information sharing is there and how much are you doing your own thing? Yeah, so with all the Hyundais here, we actually all share everything. Um, all of the drivers are open to any of the other drivers' data, and it just it really helps everyone within the team. And the whole point is to get Hyundai a championship, so if we can all help each other get that, it's, it's a win in the day. Best of luck. Thank you. 
Nick Damon, part of our BDO pit lane team for the Mission Pilot Challenge this season. We'll be having our Michelin moment of the race later on today in that four-hour contest. The other four-hour race, of course, being the headline act at IMSA's return to mid-Ohio sports car course uh, later in the year. It's the... It's last weekend in May, isn't it? Somewhere around there. That uh, was it the first weekend in June. I know it's the same as Le Mans Test weekend. So that's one for your calendar. If you haven't already got all of the... Im- Why haven't you got all the IMSA dates penciled in? What am I talking about? Dear me, it's not as if they've just turned out. I can imagine that. the second uh, weekend of June, Nick Damon has just told me in my ear. I can uh, imagine that's an absolute hoot in a TCR car going round mid-Ohio. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, right, especially around the back. Mm. Absolutely. It's going to be fantastic. That's also... Uh, it's also the debut of the Mustang Challenge as well. Those Ooh. Coyote... The orchestra. 8th and 9th of June is the weekend, which is Le Mans Test weekend. On the Sunday, it's the test. Interesting to see we've got a, a kind of combination of of Generation 1 and Generation 2 TCRs. And you look at the Hondas, you have the FK7 uh, generation, a really strong package. And then there's the relatively new FL5, which um, follows on from the launch of the new Honda Civic Type R road car. But uh, Jeremy and I were down in the paddock yesterday and uh, Jazz, a very, very experienced touring car uh, manufacturer. They've got two engineers here with the teams helping helping out to get the setup dialed in. It's quite a different car to uh, to set up. So that is, I think it's a great um, commitment from Jazz. It's got a long way to come from Italy to send two guys over and uh, making sure these cars run as as uh, as, as well as uh, as well as they do. Least they can do, I would say. I mean, people <laughs> buying these cars. You know, True. I mean, no, that's a fair yeah, point. It, we we talked true. about it being a, a relatively affordable. It's still a lot of money. Sure. And yeah. and let's not let's not kind of beat about the bush there were a couple of new cars over here last year and they struggled yeah yeah um uh they were you know there's various issues with those cars and and so uh, i think it makes a lot of sense first first race of the season to come over here and you know this this is a very um ambitious team the, the montreal motorsports group that's been set up uh, a lot of experience on that team a lot of a lot of a lot of those crew people were part of Samantha Tan racing over the last few years. They had a lot of success all over the place. Um, so a very experienced team, but a, but a new team coming together for this championship. But, uh, you know, with, with, a, with four really strong drivers running a full season, definitely planning to be championship contenders. Absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense uh, for Jazz to come over here and uh, you know, really give them their full focus. And like you were saying there, that you know, the, 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 uh, the Jazz engineers came up with some kind of what seemed like outlandish setup suggestions and the team thought well yeah yeah no we'll, we, we better give it a try but yeah there's no way well they, they did all it of out of politeness well wait a minute yeah exactly <laughs> out of politeness yeah and it worked but it, it worked and it did exactly what they said it was going to do and of course you know that's why they did that yeah that's why uh, they gave them suggestions they, they built the car they designed the car they've run the car so they know what to do and even though it might seem outrageous um you know it's uh, Things are not always quite as they seem, let's say. It's, uh, it's, it's paying off because the team have uh, shown really, really well this weekend on, on its debut. The cars look great, and uh, they've both qualified pretty strongly. 
WWDIS 107.9 around the circuit, around the world on RS2. You're listening to IMSA Radio. Good to have your company. Coming up later on this afternoon, live in sound and vision. If you are outside the US, uh, you can watch live for free and without subscription uh, to the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, BMW N Endurance Challenge at Daytona. Flag to flag as we take you through the first of the Michelin Pilot Challenge events of the year. And uh, delighted to be able to bring this to you again. Bit of Friday afternoon racing as it will be. And if you're sneaking around back in Europe, a bit of a decent, de- uh, decent time for you to have a bit of Friday afternoon sports. I know many of you were up early watching the qualifying uh, from Dubai earlier on, which looked rather splendid. Uh, Joe Bradley down in the pit lane is with Toyota GR Supras. Yeah, Toyota GR Supras seem to be going very well here at Daytona. Matt Forbush, um, so far so good for your little morning warm-up. Yeah, we're just out here doing betting some brakes and trying to stay out of people's way and go through some driver change and uh, pit procedures, so... Uh, we feel great about the car and where it is. We're, like I said, just working on some procedural stuff and, and betting some brakes in. Uh, you're in the Hattori Motorsport Car 51. Uh, how was qualifying? Where are you lining up for the four hours? So we're a broad, Mark Kabami and uh, Nick Galante and I are in the bronze class. So we're the sister car to uh, Jack Hawksworth and Tyler. So uh, both cars are really fast. They could get more out of it than we can being pros. But we're, uh, we're really happy. We think we're in a good spot and on good pace for the bronze trophy that we're going after. You guys managed to decide what sort of strategy you're going to use for the four hours. How are you going to split the driving stints? We're going to do. We all feel that we're pretty close to the same window from a from a uh, time standpoint. So we're going to defer to the uh, to the strategist, and we're going to do whatever gives us the best chance to win. What What do you mean by that exactly? Do you mean does your strategist, does your engineer tell you, I want to see you know uh, an X amount of lap time from you, and you stick to a plan? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a pretty consistent lap time, so we're not as much worried about lap time. It's just the way the cautions fall. It's a four-hour race. Uh, so it's really a matter of, of, of fuel mileage and the way the cautions fall to, uh, to, to maximize our, our, poten- our potential uh, to, to get up on the podium. And this, the four hours, it's uh, one of the longer Michelin pilot races. Do you prefer the longer one? Uh, I think it gives it makes it a little more interesting, right? It gives more room for uh, unknown factors the longer you're out there, especially with pit stop and strategies huge on this. I mean, if they ran the race on paper, we'd just stop at qualifying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Thank you, man. Like that. Uh, Hitori already had a victory with that GR Super up in Canada at Canadian Time Motorsport Park and clearly proving, Peter, that that car has got some potential it's a relative newcomer to the gt4 ranks and certainly here in the u.s but it's a it's a potent package no question and you look at how impressive toyota's motorsport activities are across various categories you look at they've been so dominant in the world endurance championship with their uh, with their le mans hypercar they are the leading manufacturer in the World Rally Championship right now. Um, and this GT4 uh, machine, uh, very, very, very strong package. And the Hattori team particularly, they've got a great driver lineup. Jack Hawksworth and Tyler Maxson, <laughs> I think they'll, they'll be the envy of, uh, 
of quite a lot of teams. They do, they do have uh, one car running with a, a group of uh, of NASCAR aces. Papa Wallace uh, in there um, we did the qualifying yesterday. He'll be sharing the car with John Hunter, Nemechek and Corey Heim. Unfortunately, they lost their qualifying time uh, due to uh, the working on the car in the pit, which is against not allowed, so not, not allowed correct? Yeah. So they, they will start from right deep in the pack. So that's, uh, that's going to be tricky for them, but it's a good car. And down at the pit lane for the 88, the uh, Aston Martin uh, with Aaron Tillett. Alan, um, your mid-qualifying, was that disappointing or is it like that's oh, a four-hour race, it's Daytona, it doesn't matter? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was actually Todd's, I think, best qualifying in GS, 14th, so we were pretty happy with it. Uh, our uh, Aston Martin Vantage has been working great. The Archangel guys have been doing a great job here. This is my first official outing with them. Um, and so far, smooth. Uh, had a great test at the Roar. We were pretty quick there, and we're, we're hoping to be uh, quick come uh, this afternoon. There's a few Astons in the field. How do you feel they compare the other cars on the big banking? Yeah, it's so hard to get it right here at Daytona because just a little difference uh, can give one manufacturer an advantage over the other. Uh, but I think IMSA's doing a pretty good job. I think, to be honest, the only cars that look really stronger than other cars in the straight seem to be the BMW. Um, but you never know. It's still a four-hour race. Still got to get through the infield, and uh, the draft is big here too, so hopefully we can hang along. So what are the tactics with four-hour race? I mean, it's, uh, how do you, does that change the way you approach the drive time? Does it change who starts and who finishes the race? Yeah, so I'll finish the race. Uh, Todd will start, and it just kind of depends on how yellows fall, how many uh, stints he's in there for, um, and then I'll, uh, I'll get in and, and take it to the end. Thanks very much. That's Alan Tudor, the 88 Aston sure. Martin, and that's Joe. Team uh, G- TGM, the man with the name above the door is Ted Giovannis. Ted qualifying for this afternoon's race, bit of a mixed fortune for the team. One team at the front, one team at the back. What was all that about? Yeah, uh, well, the, the Owen did a fantastic job, and uh, but me, I mean, I just wasn't right in it. It was my head that was in it, and, uh, wasn't in it, and then we just... Uh, went and uh, worked at some video and uh, I think I'm up to speed now so I'll, I'll be a lot better in a race so we fo- immediately focused on what to, what to do in the race and how to get get me faster so I'm, I'm, it looks to be good and Owen's first time back in the car since that fire issue um, he would not have noticed that did he? Yeah, well yeah it, it's um, no he's Owen's going great great uh, he's always been a great driver and uh, we need to make sure he holds the reins on himself that he doesn't overdo it because he's still recouping but he you know he's got another few more weeks to go before he's physiologically good but he's he's doing great spirits are great and, he, and he's proved it on track yesterday he's he's ready to drive he's such a positive guy you could never tell could you i mean a qualified second did he yeah that was that was actually a surprise for the for the team and uh they were they were all smiles when he came back in so uh, it's good uh, so he's He's ready. He's ready to go, and so it's, we're we're just managing them through the long race. That's that's really the issue. Thank you, Ted. Ted Giovannis in this BDO Pitlane Report. Joe Bradley and Nick Damon, our BDO Pitlane team for Michelin Pilot Challenge this morning, where we already down to ten minutes. Let's have a look at the TCRs. John Morley with the best time for. Roadshagger number nine, uh, 61. That car had a problem yesterday. Stalled at the exit of pit lane and, and missed quite a lot of the session, Jeremy. Uh, it was, I think, Gavin who was trying to take it out at the time. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to get down there and find out what the problem was. Um, so uh, can't really add to that one, I'm afraid. 
and, well at that. <laughs> and but I have heard back from Mikey Taylor uh, about that number 17 JDC Milamo Sports Audi, and he said it's still not running. They still cannot get that car going. Wow. And he says he's on his way to the airport to pick up someone uh, who has flown internationally to bring us a new ECU. Uh, ECU there was none in the country for us to source. He said it'll be a, a hail mary to get back in time to get on the pre-grid and plug the ECUs in, and they actually work, but we've changed everything else. How annoying. I mean, unbelievable. That, that car's been... They've had, they had so much bad luck last season and, and were, were, were well-placed to win the championship at, at, the, at the final round, and then they had a, a problem... Correct. ...which wasn't, their, yeah, wasn't of their making on the first lap of the race, didn't they? They were out of the race and ended up finishing third in the points, having gone in as a pretty good championship favourite. So, golly, that, what, what are those guys got to do to catch a break? Yeah, incredible stuff. It's the worst thing you can hear on any car nowadays, uh, even a race car, especially probably a race car. There's an electrical issue intermittently. Well, actually, this one's not intermittent. It just won't start. Uh, let's head down to Winwood Racing, the 57 AMG Mercedes GT4. And Daniel Morad is out of the car, which means he can speak to our BDO pit reporter, Nick Damon. Uh, Daniel, first of all, how chuffed are you to be actually uh, back in the series and, uh, and racing with Winwood? Yeah, it's great to be back. I, um, I had my first taste of the Michelin Pilot Challenge series last year, and it actually blew me away with the how competitive it was and also just how close the GT4 cars can race. That was something that surprised me. The outright performance coming from a GT3 is not quite there, but it is really fun to go wheel-to-wheel uh, in such a competitive series. And this weekend, it's been uh, a little challenging just managing my time, going back and forth between the GTD car and the GS car, but um, just driving the Mercedes platform is such a, a pleasure. And it's actually really... Um, a lot easier than I thought it would be to transition from GT3 to GT4. Uh, that's a question I get asked quite a bit is how do you adjust and you know, reprogram your brain? But ergonomically, it's very similar in the cockpit. And um, you know, once you leave the pit lane, you just feel the car for the first time. Your brain just switches modes. So it's like, okay, this is GT4 mode. This is GT3 mode. So. I mean, it, I mean, that's a very good point, though. It's, it's a case of, do you have, like, different braking markers for both cars? Obviously, it's different where, where you're using the downforce, but, like, coming into the braking zones, they're very different as well? Everything's different. I mean, the way you drive the car is completely different. With GT4, you have no downforce, a lot less mechanical grip, smaller tire, uh, more weight, less power, of course, and the GT3 is just a whole different animal. So you really have to know which one you're driving at every, every point in the day. Uh, that's it always helps what car you're driving to all this, Daniel. <laughs> it does. It, they're the same number, the same livery. So you have to remember, it's like, okay, this is GT4, this is GT3. But, you know, there's, it's been uh, a lot easier of a transition for me. And I've been doing so much sim work with Bryce and the whole Windward team that, uh, you know, it's nice. We just, I know automatically what to do at what point during the day. That's a good point you make about sim racing. Now, if you've won the tracks that's modelled very accurately is the, is the Daytona Road Course. I mean, you know, you know, obviously it's not the same with G-Force, but is it the same as far as setup and handling and also where you brake and where you turn? Yeah, you know, we actually did a really cool experiment, and Bryce and the whole Windward team was kind enough to invite my sim racing team, the Moradness M Squad, out to MSR Houston, and we had 16 sim racers drive our actual race car, our race-winning GT4 car, and... They blew our minds with how quick they actually were and how quickly they adapted to the uh, the car itself. And it goes to show you how close sim racing can be in terms of just jumping into the real car and being comfortable straight away. Obviously, there's G-Force, 
and you have to deal with that. But with the modern simulators nowadays and all the um, all the equipment, you can get it really, really close. And also, I'm, I have a YouTube channel now that I post a lot of content to show you how you can tune your sim to make it feel as close to the real car as possible. Well, you can make me a 58-year-old man first. I'll be chuffed a bit. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, you're invited next time. Brilliant. Dear, I feel that could be uh, interesting. Uh, have a little bit of a problem on the pit exit for the number 55, the bright orange Audi RS3. That's the team go-kart, and that's not moving at all at the moment. And, in fact, it has brought out a red flag with five minutes and 40 seconds to go in the session. It's the second time we've seen an Audi stuck there. That was where Gavin Ernstone pulled up yesterday. He was probably... I think he was on the D of Advent Health. Yes, he, he was. He, I don't, I'm not sure he's on the air actually. The, the, I don't think he even got that far. He's probably he was probably about 25, 30 meters uh, closer to the pit out because he he'd just gone across the pit line uh, where the where the guys can still push you back. Let's hope that's not something that's going to carry through to the race because the Go team they've been a real surprise package and Eddie Go particularly has shown some great pace in that car, particularly in the, on the. Slightly, slightly awkward uh, condition where we just had a ever so slight light rain shower in the first practice, and Eddie wasn't uh, well, wasn't too concerned. He went out there in the latter part of the session and popped in his uh, popped in one of the best times of the session. So let's hope that that's something that can be can be fixed. Already, the AMR safety crew on the uh, on the scene with their whale and light bars flashing away, and. That shouldn't be too long of a, a clear-up, albeit we have 4 minutes and 27 seconds left on the clock, and that keeps ticking. So there is quite a few cars still queuing mm. up at the end of pit lane, just in case we do go back to green in time. If it's a flat tour, that won't take any time no, at no, all no, you to, think so. to move it. A couple of cars that have not done very much, JDC Miller Motorsports, we've talked about with that electrical problem for the 17 Audi RS3 T. CRLMS. Uh, Valentin Hasglow uh, for Van der Stur Racing has done a few out and in laps but not actually uh, past the pit. That might have just been a bit of install. Uh, we've not seen GMF Motorsports Mercedes. Yeah, it's curious. Um, Nick Gallant and Hattori Motorsport again, just a couple of install laps. Same story for the Aston Martin of Archangel Motorsport and Todd Coleman. Bryce Ward uh, in the number 57 has just had just gone out just before that red flag came out and Paul Sparta yet to pop out uh, in the random vandals uh, BMW. Nick, did Daniel Morad say why they hadn't been out? Were they just keeping their powder dry on that 57 Winwood car? Uh, the car was in the pits, but it was on, it was on wet. So I think oh, they right. may have done a little bit of driver swappage, um, but not actually um, done any laps. I didn't, I didn't realise they hadn't gone out, but they, the car was on the side the whole time. They weren't working on it as such, but it was on wet tyres. Uh, Joe Bradley is a little bit further up the pit lane, uh, and he's looking at a very busy pit lane because they've all answered the red flag. Where are you at the moment? Yeah, with the uh, the number 88, that's the Archangel Motorsport Aston Martin, where I'm seeing some driver-changing practice going on, and this is not the only team that is uh, is doing that and um, you mentioned earlier Johnny uh, Johnny John uh, that uh, this car hasn't done many laps well the question is whether it needs to they're firing the car up I think it's uh, 
It's going. It's good. So it's going out. Oh, he stops. Just pulls off the apron and stopped. That's not really uh, in the script. The door wasn't closed. I think he is going to join the queue. I think so. No, nope, he's being pulled back. So I don't know whether that was a, a full rehearsal of a driver change and a pull away. We'll wait and see. That Joe is again one of the cars that's just done uh, a couple of. Uh, out and in, it's actually more than that. They've done seven laps, but they've not actually done a flying lap. Um, um, maybe they have done one actually. They've got a 2.14.6 to their name. That'll be one flying lap, but six times through the pits. The 55 Go Racing Audi is now shown as moving. Now, is it moving under its own speed or is it being towed? Um, it's in the infield at the moment, and I have got the sun in my eyes. Uh, oh yes, there it is. It is under tour and is coming into the back of the pit area. So I think we'll get a, maybe. I don't don't think uh, they'll get around. That's another Audi that's cut out. We've gone green. And they won't get a flying lap, but they'll get this lap around uh, with just on. Um, uh, a ch- they'll get a checkered flag. So yes, uh, Jeremy mentioned in my they'll get a checkered flag. So. They'll get out, round to the chequered flag and back in again. So perhaps the opportunity is the sun comes out and yeah. has me reaching for my cap. That's uh, enough to, to learn. If you've just made a, a quick change, that's, that's enough uh, to, to learn whether it's the right, right or wrong direction. I think you, might, you won't get a lap time, obviously, but uh, you'll be able to get a feel, I think, for what that change has made, if such is the case. Maybe it's otherwise just just to uh, get the second driver in to do a, a, a lap or two so he's ready to go this afternoon uh, Concerns were expressed weren't they about the Archangel for what Aston Martin who uh, went off the pit and everything's fine down here, they're, they're nothing to prove really, I've just had a bit of a sort of a sign language conversation with Aaron Tellitz who's uh, kept his helmet on and they're just in and out in and out, they've, they've got nothing to prove in this, um, so they're just keeping their powder dry for the race Thank you, Joe. Our BDO pit lane report there. Penalty for the number 70 for leaving the pit lane early. That is a no-no. It's the Daily Motorsport car that had uh, Jordan Wisely in that car. Also, get your bingo cards out. Uh, car number six, the Honda Civic for Brian Ortiz. Car number eight, zero. Uh, which is the Hyundai of Morgan, Morgan Burkhart and the number 91, which is Brady Golan in his Porsche, all pit lane speed violation. Everyone I've mentioned there, 70, 91, 80 and 6 are going to have a drive through. So they, um, well, it won't carry forward actually. Uh, so it won't affect them in this session, but it won't carry forward into the next one either. I, whether they'll peel in, well, there's a few of them peeling in now. You have three laps to answer it, but they'll be worried that if they haven't answered it in this session, they might get a further penalty going forward. So a slightly interrupted and truncated final practice session for BMW's Michelin, uh, BMW's M Endurance uh, Challenge, which is the first round of the Michelin Pilot Challenge for 2024. And it sees a BMW on the top of the times, that being... The Turner Motorsport number 96 by about two-tenths of a second from the Porsche of Baby Bull Racing. Um, see, they could have made some money, couldn't they? 
and had uh, Sitman Visa credit cash app back strike three baby bell two one uh, they could have easily lent them their name and just been baby bull racing Red Bull Juniors is just what we're going to be calling them Ominardi is where they started uh, anyway then, I digress uh, I've been up a long time already today baby bull racing in second motorsports in action in third with the McLaren then Stephen Cameron racing that's another BMW in fourth McCombie McAleer racing in fifth and RS1's Porsche in sixth in TCR it was Road Shagger racing and the Audi from two Brian Herter Hyundai Elantras the number 98 and the 77 then Victor Gonzalez Racing's uh, Elantra, the number 80 car. Then the KMW Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce in fifth. And the Montreal Motorsport Group Honda Civic FL5 in sixth place. Those times will not affect the grid. That was set yesterday. We have all of the build-up plus the race live for you on RS2. Here at the circuit on 107.9 FM WWDIS. And, of course, for those of you outside the US, uh, live and without breaks, no interruptions, I promise, uh, all of the action uh, as it comes to you without need for subscription, that is available on IMSA TV and, of course, on the player at imsaradio.com. Top left-hand side, hit the hamburger, and it's the first option. Thanks to Nick and Joe down in uh, as our BDO Pitlin reporters with Peter Mackay and Jeremy Shaw I'm John Hindle. Uh, we'll have more action from Fast Friday here at Daytona coming up shortly This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts Hello everybody, I'm John Hindoff at Daytona International Speedway. Out on the circuit right now, classic cars from IMSA's past. Whereas we're sitting in a car that very much reflects the future of not just IMSA, but all motor racing. This is the all-electric Porsche Taycan. Earlier on this week we heard about the convergence, the globalisation of the regulations for the WEC, for Le Mans and for IMSA and those cars, the LMDH, will have a hybrid component on the back axle. This goes one step further. This is electric going Porsche, not Porsche going electric. And quite frankly, you will buy this car because it's a Porsche, probably just as much if not more than because you want an electric car. Now... I don't have to convince you of anything. I haven't had to learn very much because we have an expert in the back seat. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Calvin Kim, the uh, product spokesperson for the Taycan here in the United States. I, I've said people will buy this because it's a Porsche. Clearly it is a full EV, but it is also a full Porsche. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's no way uh, Zuffenhausen would release a car if it didn't embody the, the value of the brand. I mean, it's got to be dynamic. It's got to be aspirational. It's got to be exciting. You, you have to... You know, when you walk away and you hit the lock button on the key fob, you want to look back over your shoulder and make sure, yeah, that's my car. And, you know, that's what the Taycan does. It does all of that. And it's designed from the very first, I was going to say blank piece of paper, blank computer screen, as an, a full EV. This is not 
a incorporation of electric technology into a, a standard model. Yes, it's a four-door, uh, full-size car, but it's not just an electric Panamera. Absolutely, it's you know that's the that was the idea. They could have easily electrified one of the current cars, but no, this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. I mean, we had a chance to start a new kind of generation of, of Porsche thinking of engineering and so yep clean, like you said clean sheet uh, you know on the on the on the CAD software and uh, yeah sure there are some parts common parts you know the, like the steering wheels off a of 911 you know and things like that but realistically you know this is the beginning of a new era real world road test well I've got to admit that the road course at Daytona International Speedway isn't probably the natural environment for this car however what it's done there is challenged my conception of what an electric vehicle can do and I guess that's part of the job of this Porsche takeover. Exactly that's right I mean again for Porsche we don't do things halfway if it's going to be an electric car it needs to be an electric car in our terms and that comes with a lot of baggage uh, the dynamics capability the technical prowess the build quality the design all of that and so you know what there's a lot of history and we need to kind of move it now and look for the future the styling as well is something interesting it is quite clearly a Porsche it has the Porsche DNA but it's also got its own personality. It would, as we said earlier, have been relatively easy to make it look like a, a, another current car. Um, but it isn't. It's a model and a personality in its own right, but it's still very recognisable. It's not. People think electric cars have to look funky or they have to look identical to their ICE stablemates. Well, neither is true, and, and that's what we're looking at here. That's exactly right. I mean, for us, form follows function, but you know, part of the function is form and so for us aerodynamics played a crucial role so let's make the slipperiest design but doesn't just because it's slippery doesn't mean it has to be ugly no indeed and, and it really isn't let's just walk around the car and look at some of the the key uh, features on the design the back end with the recessed lights and what is now a, a, a very uh, noticeable move by Porsche to have the style line and the Porsche logo and the lights all running across the back there is a diffuser at the back as well. I'll ask the question, but I think I know the answer.